Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everybody. This is Jenny and also Kristen. Hello. And we just have a couple things to tell you before we get started. We really do. In order to help support our show, we are going to need the help of some great advertisers. And in order to find those great advertisers, we need to learn a little bit more about you. So if you will, please go to podsurvey.com slash Buffy and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little better. That way we can show advertisers just how awesome our listeners are. Even if you've taken a podcast listener survey with us before, this one is new and important, so we really need you to take it too. Plus, once you've completed the survey, you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card. What? I know, right? You can get so many things with that. Wow. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash Buffy, P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y dot com slash we all know how to spell Buffy. But it's (laughs) B-U-F-F-Y. Thank you, Jenny. You're welcome. Also, we have a store where we sell shirts and pins that are full of Buffy love and patriarchy smashing. In fact, we added a new Smash the Demon Lizard patriarchy tank top just a few days ago. They've sold fast, but we have a few left in stock. And don't be sad. We will have more in stock soon. Heads up that all of our patrons get an alert about new merchandise before the masses. And if you're a patron at the $10 level, you get 20% off all Buffering merch. To visit our store, head on over to BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com and click on Shop. And if you want to come and join our Patreon family, you can do that at Patreon.com slash BufferingCast. What's a tank top? That's like a t-shirt with no sleeves? You got it, Jenny. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every single episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, even the painful ones, one at a time. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week, uh, speaking of painful ones, we're talking about season two, episode 14, Innocence. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Innocence was written and directed by Master of Pain, Joss Whedon. <laughs> it originally aired on January 20th, 1998. Oh, and um, this is the one, this, this IMDb summary, this is the one where Buffy and her friends battle the judge and face unexpected danger from Angel, who has lost his soul after experiencing a moment of true happiness. I just <laughs> feel like these IMDb things need to keep a few things back, don't you think? Uh, like. Right? <laughs> No poetry at all. And also, who's talking right now? Who is? Oh, my gosh. Well, this is also the one where we are joined by a very special guest. Sorry. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, now that everyone knows you're here, it's going to be even weirder for me to describe you as you listen. (laughs) She writes Jon Snow conspiracy theories and also a lot of other stuff on VanityFair.com. And she co-hosts some of my favorite podcasts, including but not limited to Cast of Kings. Storm of Spoilers, Decoding Westworld, and Gen Pop, please welcome the great and powerful Joanna Robinson. Yeah! 
crowd noise. <laughs> yeah, crowd noise. Seriously. <laughs> Well, welcome. Those are so many podcasts. How? And that's not all of them. Like it's how many how many hours in your day do you not podcast? Guys, I don't want to stress you out, but today I'm recording. Well, you asked the reverse, but I will tell you today I'm recording three podcasts. So. <laughs> wow. but, just, but don't tell the other ones. Yours is the one I'm looking forward to yes. the most. Because Hell if anyone yeah. listens to any of those podcasts, they know that no matter what we're talking about, I will find a way to bring it back to Buffy because Buffy is like the most important pop cultural thing to me. So oh, hell I'm yeah. so excited to be here. Gosh, we're <laughs> so excited to have you on this podcast. And I mean, that's a great place to start because you do have a very intimate, deep connection with Buffy, as as many of us do. But <laughs> I would love to hear, we would love to hear, you know, you're in to Buffy. Well, it was, I started watching like right when it aired and I, I'm... I don't know. I've gotten to the age of life where like sometimes you don't like to talk about how old you are. But anyway, I'm (laughs) as old as Buffy was. Like I was exactly Buffy's age when the show came out. And so, yeah, so I I started watching it like the first season and I, well, I really liked the movie. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll see what, you know, this this looks like a terrible knockoff of that great Christy Swanson, Luke Perry (laughs) joint. I'll give it a try, WB. And, um, and then I really like, I mean, the first season we know is not the, the, the best this show has ever been, but I still liked it. And then, um, you know, and then became full on obsessed in the second season. And actually, like I've told this story a lot. Usually I tell it around when we're talking about the episode passions, but, um, for a while during the season two of Buffy, I was not allowed to watch TV and I don't know why I must've done something wrong. And this is my punishment. (laughs) And so my friend Luani used to tape it on a VHS tape um, and bring it to school and bring it to me (laughs) (laughs) so that I could then like take it home. And I was allowed to watch tapes, but I wasn't allowed to watch TV or something like that. I don't know. That is a weird rule. Yeah. I could watch on the weekend or something like I don't know what it was anyway and like I couldn't record Buffy on my I don't know I don't know why this was the (laughs) system but this is the system that she would tape it bring it to me at school and then I would go home and watch it and then I would come back and we would discuss it and I remember when she like brought me the tape for well I don't want to spoil like your your listeners and won't like say anything but there's an episode in the future that like she brought me the tape and she was literally crying Oh, oh my and God. she was like, I can't talk to you at all about this until you see it. Oh, no. And then, <laughs> and then I saw it and I came back to school and I was crying. So, um, oh, no. yeah, it was, it, it was like basically when I first understood what Joss Whedon is capable of. And that's not even this episode, which is in, a, in and of itself its own like crazy Joss Whedon-ness. But I remember you guys were talking, I think, last week about sort of the idea of the week by week cliffhanger uh, between surprise and innocence or like having to wait a week and the fact that they did air them back to back on two different days. But I was yeah. like, I wanted to like, when you guys said that when I was listening to your podcast and you said that I want to be like, I had to wait <laughs> until the VHS tape came to me from my friend. <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. And you know yeah. what we learned is that not only did this episode air the day after, but it aired on January 20th and it aired right before the series premiere of Dawson's Creek. Buddy, yeah. what a lead in. <laughs> right? What a day. What a day for television. Like, January good, job, 20th. W, good job, WB programmers, because Buffy usually aired on Tuesday. 
And so, I, I mean, I don't know if that was true for the whole run, but that's the night I always remember watching, like, later episodes on. So if it aired on a Monday and a Tuesday night, like, Surprise on Monday and Innocence on Tuesday, then this was, like, part of some, like, crazy WB strategy to, like, gin up as much interest as possible to lead into their new teen show. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they actually, this was them moving Buffy from Monday to Tuesday. Like, uh, oh, okay. Surprise was the last time it aired on a Monday. Okay. And Innocence was the first time it aired on a Tuesday. And wow. then it found its home. All right. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> um, yeah, we learned that because somebody emailed us and was like, I, this is the first episode I watched. And I remember it was because I was like tuning into Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. And, and right and caught in. His, imagine this being your in to Buffy. <laughs> Ragged. And you're like, yeah. wow, this show is the best show on television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so let's shall we jump into this episode? Hell yeah. Do it. There's so much to tackle. We oh start we start with Drusilla. And I'm not like I don't mean to spoil anything for anybody, but we're, we're gonna get a jingle before this is up. Um, oh. I know I know where it's coming, but nobody else does. Wow, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so Drusilla has this vision of Angel. My biggest question about the pre-credits, well, I have two actually, My, but my biggest one is who is the woman smoking the cigarette in the alleyway? Like, I want to know her story. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think she's a singer of a band that plays at the Bronze like oh. once a month. That's my best guess. That makes sense. On DJ oh. Night No Cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like, isn't that just the most brilliant? I mean, we're not there yet, but like, that's just the most brilliant way to like introduce that twist with like the flourish of smoke. Oh my God. We needed more creepiness in that moment. And then you have it. I was like, oh, it's so smart. Oh, there there are a few things sexier than smoking your cigarette out of the neck of a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Are we married? I mean, that, that like blend of nicotine and platelets you know, just like really hits you in the sweet spot. Yes. <laughs> but I thought this was funny, too, because I feel like, I mean, this is an obvious thing, but like smoking is associated with evil. And it was like Angel has turned. He literally must have a cigarette. <laughs> Like, he can't even make it through his first kill without smoking a cigarette. Right, you know? right. And he's smoking, you know, the next time we see yeah. him when he's uh, with Spike and Drew as well. Yeah. Because smoking is bad. Smoking-, smoking kills. You actually see a lot of anti-smoking propaganda in Sunnydale High School over the course of the show. Yeah. Well, I feel like the 90s is really Yeah, when, that was the time. Yeah, it was like everyone thought cigarettes were good for you until the 90s, I think. Something and like that. When we get Angelus... I mean, I, once again, I don't mean to be like skipping past things. When we get Angelus, is, is it my imagination? I mean, I feel like this has always been true. My perception is that they put more like whiter foundation yeah. on David Boreanaz to make him look extra undead when yes. he's evil. Like when he's Angelus. Yeah, his makeup like uh, across the board is so different in, yeah, in the episode. Way paler. And then when he's in vamp face, it's like more developed. This episode yeah. actually won an episode, uh, an Emmy for uh, for makeup. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which we, which like after you said that, I think that's when I really noticed his vamp face. Because he can like move his face. Uh, you know, when I remember the episode with Kendra when they were on the ice rink and they were kissing, it was like hysterical to me because his face, like he couldn't move his face <laughs> at all. <laughs> Um, but now, Are you talking like, about Kendra, the vampire sister? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. the one. That's her. I love the show. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> but yeah. So, okay. So, so that's like the, the pre credits are super sexy. Smoking out of necks. Yeah. 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 Also, the whole like the pain is gone. I feel just fine. Yeah. Sort of like indicating that now that the demon is like re inhabited this body or now that the soul has been re removed. 
that he is identifying like human qualities as painful or, right mm-hmm. well that's yeah i feel like that's a huge thing in the whole episode of, of like what is the real angel you know like mm. they play with that so much where he's like no now i'm angel um what is the real evil or like what what is the real him is the real him the monster is the real him that ensouled him right 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 uh. this is the this is the eternal question and the question the series will go on to examine does it ever really answer it i say right. no <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so either. I think, I, well, I honestly think if it's, you know, if it's Joss, he's probably going to be like, we are our monsters. We are both. We are our demons or like whatever. That's a, right. That feels like a just thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, does anyone, does anyone want to mention anything before the credits? I don't want to take anything away from anyone. No, I'm no, ready to go. I just I, like, yeah. just in case like people forgot from last week, I just want to give you guys props for mentioning that Angel put on literally all of his clothes <laughs> when he his apartment it's the craziest thing that's ever Dude, happened it's so much it's so many articles so like, many he's... clothes like not just like oh i'll throw on pants and a shirt but like no i gotta layer yo it's like lace up these shoes i'm just it's saying. like two socks two shoes <laughs> pants underwear a t-shirt a button down and a coat. Yeah, there was right? there was something in his mind that that told him, you know what, Angel, you might need to like get up, kill somebody, run into the darkness. You might need to be prepared for this. <laughs> you know. could, do you think it would have been a better scene if we like maybe just pants on, no shirt, tattoo, yes. shirtless, smoking a human yes. angel? Is that I'm, even yeah. Joanna? Is that even a question? I think I think they should have gone shirtless. I think the layers were a mistake. Yeah. I think you the know? fact that they had the opportunity to very easily narratively keep David Boreanaz shirtless and they didn't do it is kind of weird. Perplexing. Yeah. Yes. It's unusual for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some unusual restraint. <laughs> so how about Buffy and her guilty walk of shame in her mom's house? Amazing. I mean her house too, but like it's very much her mom's house in this moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like she... I don't know, this this really resonated for me, like that thing where you've done something, like had sex, and you just feel like everyone can tell. Exactly. Right? And, and Joyce can! And Joyce can. She's she like, doesn't know you, what she can tell. She doesn't but... finish her sentence. She's like, I don't know, you just look, and I want to know. What what was she going to say? You just Right, look. because at the end of the episode, she says, you look the same to me. Yes. So, right. like, at first, in my notes, I said, Joyce thinks she looks different. And then I went back and went, Joyce thinks she seems different like <laughs> you know or jo- joyce is inconsistent with her observations whatever. yeah <laughs> yeah joyce joyce is confusing well she's got a busy week at the gallery probably yeah she didn't even have time to make a cake for god's sake oh yeah, my god store-bought cupcakes, cupcakes. Store come on <laughs> no 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 come on joyce i know you're like a frazzled single mom but get it together <laughs> she's like what did you do for your birthday i'm like joyce you don't know what your daughter did for her birthday come on now i, I mean, know they're like roommates yeah that, ga- oh that gallery takes up too much of your time joyce <laughs> the, um, the thing i need to mention here and i i like warned you guys off air that i was going to talk about this is like what buffy is wearing when she sneaks back into the house and what she was wearing before <laughs> mm-hmm. is my favorite buffy article of clothing which is re- these resplendent giraffe pants <laughs> of all the like Two short, tight, patterned pants, and she's got a few. 
These are by far my favorites, the giraffe <laughs> pants. Um, you guys noted, like, like you guys were very, you know, smartly observed that she wears a lot of white in the last episode. So, like, you know, she's got, like, cream beige on top or whatever. But the giraffe pants are just, <laughs> like, of all of Buffy's outfits, that that is my favorite. Oh, so, that's, wow. uh, yeah, that's what, you know, you wear white before you have sex and then after the traditional, traditional dress. Yeah, the, the, donning, the donning of the giraffe. Giraffe pants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Speaking of beautiful tradition. Yeah. And speaking of of giraffe pants, because when we did talk off air, you were like, "Uh, listen, I need to check in on Kate Leth. Is is Kate Leth going to mention? And we were like, Kate Leth is not going to mention giraffe pants, but oh, ho, ho, how much she will mention. So maybe this is a great time to go over to Kate and hear uh, a fashion watch. We've missed you, Kate. Yeah. It's time for our friend Kate to give you the Buffy fashion update. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Buffy Fashion Watch. I was gone for a spell. I was sick, and now I am back. I have so many thoughts about Innocence. It is one of my favorite episodes. It always has been, but I promise I will stick to the fashion. I won't talk about how the episode was a complete game changer for me when I was, like, 12 years old, and then again when I was 16, and how it means so much to me emotionally, and how I know almost every single word, and how that bit with Buffy and her mom at the end almost makes me cry. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about Drusilla. Drusilla wears two of her best outfits of the whole show in this episode, and I love them. They have her in these deep blood reds, which completely makes sense. She's kind of at the height of her power right now, but she has her first outfit, which is this silk gown with this wraparound sort of tulle scarf thing that she has going on in the intro, which is incredible. And then again later, that top... It's brocade, it's scalloped, it's got boning. I think the back is is clasped all the way up and she's paired it with this long silk or maybe velvety, I'm not entirely sure, burgundy skirt with these suede heels and she looks unbelievable. She is the total show stealer and there are a lot of good looks in this episode. I have to talk about Cordelia's. Firstly... Her schoolgirl look in the opening is incredible. Her little yellow sweater set and her high-waisted plaid skirt and her probably very expensive Mary Janes, perfect. And then again later when she's supposed to look quote-unquote cheap, she looks amazing in a shiny silver trench coat, a studded headband, and hoops. She pulls it off. She absolutely pulls it off. And she looks amazing. And Willow, Willow's look when she's in the van with Oz and later at the mall, her fishtail braids and her big sweater coat situation and her overalls, she looks incredible. Buffy looks good in this episode. Miss Calendar looks good in this episode, but it is such a moment for Willow and Cordelia and Drusilla that I have to give them their props. I love this episode, and I love this show so much. And if you made it through without crying, congratulations. I'll see you at the mall. I mean, not that mall, though, (laughs) because, yikes. That was our friend Kate. She gave you the Buffy fashion update. Thank you, Kate Leth. Never a letdown, always a take up. (laughs) (laughs) 
What a dream. <laughs> so good to have you back. Um, so so Buffy gets through the Joyce lie. Barely. She's. She, I think she might be the worst liar. She is a horrendous liar. Besides Willow on the show. You know? She just, yeah. Like, you were at Willow's. You couldn't even remember that you were supposed to be at Willow's house. Come on. But then she goes to the library and she has to, the whole episode or, you know, a good chunk of the episode for her is like, not being able to tell anyone what has happened because mm. she's a shit. She's a shy. It's unclear. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Having sex for the first time is a special time in a young person's life, potentially. Yeah. Not that you have to have sex, but if you do. Right. You know. Good job, There's Penny. a lot of feelings to be had <laughs> all at once. Yeah, she doesn't want her mom to know or Giles. Dad. Dad, right. But she... Yeah. Oh, library dad. But like, it, you know, if... I feel like if if Angel hadn't like disappeared and she weren't worried, she would have come and immediately told Willow. Like, yeah, since, right? especially yes. since they had already talked about it. So like, yes, you know, all she, that seizing. Yeah, so if she hadn't been so like fretful. I think she would have pulled Willow aside and been like, "Oh my god, oh Willow, <laughs> right? Yeah, I yeah. seized it, but I did this." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh so yeah, and and then my my next uh, my next point of interest is when um, you know we find out we're going to research now the judge because we found out that the judge is assembled and don't worry because <laughs> Jenny Calendar will go on the net. She's going to go on the net. Classic Jenny Calendar move yes straight to the net straight to the net and Cast then some bones and then jenny because jenny <laughs> jenny calendar has a lot of really good moments or i don't know if good is the right word but just really jenny calendar moments in this mm. episode because right after that <laughs> she's like lurking in the hallway oh my god <laughs> jenny calendar like doing going full harriet the spy is my one of my favorite shots <laughs> of this episode <laughs> I, I feel like poor that poor actress like um you know, I feel like I think that they did not originally write Jenny Calendar to have this twist. Oh. And so, like, I think for her first few episodes, she was not playing this. And then they're all of a sudden they're like, OK, just kidding. You're here to spy on them. And so now she's like, <laughs> right, because there's no indication. No, they, they laid no track. For this, you know, like, cause you know, you didn't have to telegraph it, but there could have been scenes earlier in the season where Jenny's like trying to keep Buffy and Angel apart or like, you know, asking weird questions, you know, something yeah. like that. Uh, she never once did, but now she's just like, I'm gonna make up for lost time. I'm gonna lurk <laughs> in the shadows. I'm ready. <laughs> Now's my moment. So. She's going hard. She's got that music cue that's like, da -na -na. oh, yeah. And then last episode, too, with the like driving Buffy, where she's like, I'll give you a rock. Like, I just everything she does is like over the top. Um, but good point. I hadn't thought about that. That, like, yeah, yeah, if this had been a plan all along, they probably would have at least given us a little, a couple of clues. Something. Got nothing. I feel like I remember that. I've got. A, I, as you guys do, I know have a, I have a lot of Buffy facts in my head, and I feel like that's a true one, but maybe it's a made up one. So now I'm not we'll, gonna like die on that hill. But now, now we'll find out. Now that it's here, it, it's been given birth into the yeah. Universe. Don't worry, people who are listening will <laughs> oh. know for sure, and they'll <laughs> inform like, us. Someone is typing an email right now. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> someone has pulled over in their car to the side of the road. Someone has gone to dear a post Kristen and Jenny. On, yeah, someone's gone to a post on thebronze.com, and they're like, "Well, listen." And <laughs> this date in the 90s, Joss wrote this on thebronze.com. 
<laughs> oh my god. Thebronze.com uh, is an untapped resource. It, I have it, found some amazing things on the because the archives are all still there. So oh man. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, I'm rounding the bend to my favorite Your moment faves. of Drusilla's, mm-hmm. but I don't want to cut you off. You look like you might have some. No, no, go no, for it's, it. It's on me. Okay, well, my favorite, my favorite Drusilla line, maybe ever. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say with her, but I'm naming all the stars and then. Followed by, I've named them all the same name, and there's terrible confusion. <laughs> I love her so much. I just, this is where, this is my moment. There's a, there's a few in the episode, but this is where Drusilla gets her jingle. Drusilla, you fill my heart with dread, and still I'm led right back to you. That's I, that's also my favorite Drusilla line ever, and that like that was the thing about watching this episode, which I've seen this episode so many times. But when I was rewatching it, you know, in advance of talking about it with you guys, um, I was like, there every like, I think every, like there's not a second wasted in this episode, right? Every single second, because like all the other B and C and D plots are also like um, evolving. Yeah. All the Willow and Xander and Cordelia and Oz stuff is going along too. And then you got Jenny and Giles stuff. Like you got all this stuff going on. Um, but this mo- like when Drew said that line, I was like, is my favorite Drusilla line also in this episode? Like, <laughs> yeah. how is there room for the best Drusilla moment also in this episode? Right? So, oh my God. Yeah. But it really, oh, it's it, really unbelievable how much good stuff is put like per square inch. It's just, yeah. I mean, right yeah. after this, we get the beginning of like Angel's like, an awful person and jealous right. is. And so like, he's just being so awful. Yeah. And Spike he, and Spike is so emasculated and it's just amazing. And it all I mean, starts here. Like we've, we've spent so many episodes developing a love for Angel. So they really have to hit it out of the park in terms of like, how despicable can we make this character in the span of one episode. Ooh, turns they, out the most turn, despicable. <laughs> turns out they do a great, horrible and job. This is also where you find out that David Boreanaz can act, like, beg your pardon, but, like, right? seriously. Like, you're like, okay, you can smolder. They, like, you were you were plucked from walking your dog on a street somewhere. Someone thought you looked good in a T-shirt. They were right. <laughs> um, that's fine. You can wear necklaces. That's also fine. You can smolder. But can you actually act? And then, like, when he gets to do this in this episode, you're like, okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's not necessarily been borne out for the rest of his career. But I would argue, like, this turn right here is, like, peak. Peak Boreanaz. Definitely like a hello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the flick of the cigarette, the pushing of the box, the like way he talks, like even the way he the talks. The way he talks, his face acting, like yeah. he's crushing he's it and making us all feel terrible. <laughs> that great chorus girl joke that he like enters with. Yeah. You're like, you're like sarcastic angel. Where did you come from? Yeah. Oh my We've literally only seen him be like brooding and quiet and sad. Yeah. Uh, and now, and now we get these three best thruple right of the show to date. <laughs> I know that's our. I don't know if you have a nomination for the sexual tension award of this episode, but but uh, my nomination, and I think yours Second too, did. is uh, the thruple sexual tension. We've got Spike, Drusilla, and Angel. Just they just want to do it all day long. I think for sure, right? 
<laughs> yeah, for sexual tension, I have to agree with you. For like pure heartstrings, I gotta go with my boy Oz later. But like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. like we'll we'll do sexual tension belongs to the uh, to the vamps for yeah. sure. <laughs> Especially the moment where um, Spike is like, you know, oh, the Slayer like really got you, blah blah blah, and he like growls and lunges towards Spike and then like kisses him on the forehead, and Spike yeah. like giggles, like yeah. he's like, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And this is the best it gets because then it only gets like more sour from there as Spike gets more jealous. But like, right. This, this is, these are the good times. Good good times. times. And we like find out in this scene that Angel's ultimate plan is to destabilize Buffy. Like, he doesn't want to kill her. Back to being Angelus, you know? He he wants to eviscerate her emotionally. Yeah. The only way you can kill this one is to love her. He says That's later. such a good line. And also, uh, I love how Drusilla, Drusilla is so messed up. She's like, oh, you want to mess with her the way you did with me? Oh, and my God. God. Drew, that's not something to be real excited about. Yes. Right? Just uh. remember who you're talking to. Oh, my God. Yeah. Actually, I think that that maybe that exchange happens where I almost gave Drew a jingle, but I had to get oh, it to when her she early. pokes out the doll's eyes? When she pokes yes. out. <laughs> so good. So good. It's so good. Um, also, I realized when I was writing down the Sexual Attention Award that um, their initials spell out sad. I just, you know, this is Spike, Angel, and Drew. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, well. It's really neither here nor there, but <laughs> I, I was very excited when I noticed it. <laughs> Speaking of sexual tension and things surrounding that, oh boy, Xander and Cordelia have kind of an emotional exchange, and Cordelia is like jealous because she's thinks that Xander wouldn't die for her the oh. way that he would die for Buffy. What a great way to express that. This, um. this is like the one-two punch for me for Cordelia. Like, it, this is how I fall for Cordelia. She first says, you wouldn't die for me. And then she scrunches her nose up. I can't <laughs> oh, take it. Yeah. I, I know that she's directing it at Xander, which is a bummer for me. But I, if I'm imagining it directed towards me, I'm in. I'm all in. Um, before we get to this, like, uh, highly fraught triangle situation Mm -hmm. that happens in the stacks. Um, I want to note one of my favorite douchebag Xander moments. Yes. This episode is really hard for me because like I despite, I I loved Xander when I watched it when I was 16. Mm -hmm. And then when I watched it later, I was like, Oh, you're actually the worst. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, you're, you're a bad person. I get it. Um, but, um, you know, and you guys, I know, talk about this a lot on the show, but like that scene where, you know, Buffy's talking to Willow and Buffy's, you can't hear Buffy's side, but she's so upset and Willow's trying to talk her down and Xander goes, say hi for me. Yes. And I'm like, Xander, you're the worst human. But this episode is, is hard because Xander gets to be right about Angel at last. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Yes. It's <laughs> like I don't like him to be right about anything. So Right. Yeah. Right. And that and that moment that you just talked about too, say hi for me, is so shitty. And what I love about it is that Willow, like she hangs up the phone and before they cut to the next scene, she's like, say hi for me. Like she's yeah. like, <laughs> she's not fuck having it. Is wrong with yeah. you? Which what, I appreciate. What is your damage? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And this is this is, I think, I was talking to Jenny about this. It seems like the first episode that we've seen where Xander has really solved a huge problem like on his own using his own skill set using his own brain um without really even collaborating I mean obviously he needs like Cordelia um to help him in this particular way but I think it's the first time that he's like I'm Xander and I'm gonna do this thing yeah and they, I've and got they an idea. that right by him being like oh I'm having a thought 
oh, I'm having a plant. Like, basically, is that what this feels like? like yeah, yeah, yeah. To actually right. be useful for one. So, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk about this moment with Willow. I really don't. It, like, it's like I know that the episode is sad because Buffy and Angel, but this. But also this is gutting. It's so, I drew a broken heart in my notes. That's wow. how much I was hurting. <laughs> Allison Hannigan is like, my, I don't know if this is your experience. My experience growing up is that when Allison Hannigan cried, I cried. Because <laughs> yes. she like, yes. like, it wasn't necessarily true with Buffy, like, because Sarah Michelle Geller is a good crier, but Allison Hannigan is a great crier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're just like, and you're just like, oh, please, darling Willow, don't be sad. Don't cry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. We'll make it better. Yeah. And she has like three tiers of sadness in this like one scene. Like she's like upset, angry, and then she's upset, upset. And then she like gets to this final level of devastation when she says, you know, it just means you'd rather be with someone you hate than be with me. Oh, oh God, I can't. I can't. And Jenny, you've so talked before rough. about like Willow being used precisely. As yeah, yeah. Joanna is saying yeah. it worked on her. Um, writers, the writers talk all the time about, um, you know, that they discovered early on that the quickest way to the sort of like emotional jugular of the audience was hurting Willow. Oh God! They so loved love to hurt it's Willow. True. <laughs> but yeah, they read, I mean, they, they read my bronze.com post. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh my yeah. God! Oh, uh, what would your what was your new username you think on bronze.com? I definitely did not post on bronze.com. I only read, but I did uh, a Buffy message board on actually a Canadian website. Uh, was my first message board ever that I joined. Wow. And actually, my login name had nothing to do with Buffy. So, um, and it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they all? We won't, we won't pull that one out of you. But <laughs> Thank you. And then, okay, so we're just going from like sad to sad here. Because they have this scene with Willow and Xander that's like heartbreaking. And then right after it, oh, no. not to give us a moment's pause, is the scene between Angel and Buffy, which well- is... First, we see like Buffy walk home alone at night, um, right. like to her house, and then be like, "No." But and also, I wanted to mention, um, since you guys did such a good job of pointing out like how she's in white all last episode, she's in black in this episode. Oh wow! And, um, oh wow! And as she's walking home, and probably when she walks into Angel's apartment full of shoji screens, um, she <laughs> the like a like a more minor key version of the Buffy Angel love theme plays. Like you're like, oh, I didn't know this could get more poignant. But here oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like even more dissonant. This is really, really hard. So oh, yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. In my heart. It's so rough. It's also <laughs> apparently they initially shot the scene between Buffy and Angel. Either they shot it or it was supposed to take place in Buffy's house. Like she was supposed to be walking home and then going into her house. Oh. And and seeing Angel. And later, when yeah. she's in the library and she's saying, like, I should have known when I saw him at the house. He was acting different. She did so say they that. Actually... She said at the house, and I was like, "Do you call that little sewer apartment the house? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. Not enough shoji screens in the world to turn that into a house." I'm sorry. Like, but... where do you find that subterranean? Everything is cement apartment. Who is renting that? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody from from like two hundred years ago. He's just kept the lease up. Well, yeah. Yeah. Willie will the snitch, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> but I I feel like I mean I feel like something that I want to talk about on like a larger scale with this episode is what how we feel about the fact that like Buffy has had sex for the first time and it has had like horrific consequences. 
we talked about this a little bit last week about how like usually in horror movies the trope is you have sex you die right in this world you have sex you die emotionally. Your boyfriend becomes abusive, and well, yeah, like yeah, it, it like, and it, and it's not just this show, right? It's like a network TV thing where, like, if teens have sex, something terrible has to happen to them, right? Mm-hmm. Just like in horror movies. But I'm inclined to give Buffy a little bit of a pass here, only because they have other characters. Spoiler alert: have sex later. Other characters <laughs> have sex on this show, <laughs> and terrible things don't happen to them outside the norm of living in the Hellmouth. There aren't like direct. Mm-hmm. bad consequences of later sex in the series yeah. so like I, I don't feel like the series is necessarily moralizing and and i do think that this you know like joss's whole conceit is like what if the like monsters in your high school were actual monsters um <laughs> and so i say yeah. it like that but i love the show but like you know every time joss talks about it i'm like i get it it's a metaphor um <laughs> so he's like he's like okay so here's a scenario that a lot of teenage girls face where like you think you're dating the nice guy and then you have sex with him and then he wants nothing to do with you anymore. And he treats Mm -hmm. you like trash. And what if that happened? Um, But it's because he's lost his soul. (laughs) (laughs) An ancient Romani curse says if he has an orgasm, he can't anyway. Um, Yes. Yes. This Romani curse has an orgasm clause. It's fine. Right. right. Um, but, oh. <laughs> God, yeah, that that woman who wrote that curse, she was really creative. She thought of She everything. was like, but if you have an orgasm, then it's over, man. Um, I actually Does that gotta, mean... Mm, oh, go ahead. I mean, I'm just wondering... Oh, like, can he not pl- pleasure himself? Is that what your question well, was? I think, it's, you... I think it's supposed to be... I think the explanation around that is like, True love orgasm. True, yeah. true love uh, plus orgasm. Orgasm plus equals. The That's the okay. math. Yeah. <laughs> true like- love plus orgasm equals negative soul. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Somebody please listening, just like make us a poster or something. That's good. That's really yeah. good. Um, I had a, like a practical question, too, about that, about the math. Um, here with the soul loss is is like it doesn't seem to make sense to me if you're this uh, woman putting this curse on Angel because he's evil and you're like I know what would hurt him the most it would be to have a soul and he has to live with this pain shouldn't the like math have been that if he found happiness he would just die like it seems weird to me that like if he, the, the end result of this is he'll go back to being the thing that he was when you cursed him in the first place you know this like, seems like a curse clause of convenience yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he got out yes. on a loophole, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Joss is like, I know we put a Romani curse on him, but what if there's... Yeah. Guys, bear with me. Right. First of all, what if Jenny Callender is a Romani spy? Right. I know we didn't lay any track for it, but it's okay. Second of all, guys, orgasm clause. Right. All right? Let's do it. Oh. <laughs> uh. I was just going to say, like, back to this, like, you know, using monsters to really get in deep on these, like, high school arcs and stuff. This, like, moment between them when he's like, oh, yeah, that was horrible. Like, you were horrible in bed and whatever as, like, a device to bring her to her knees. I just felt was, I mean, it, like, gutted me. It's the quintessential, like, nightmare. Your worst fears of what could happen in that situation. Right. You're like doing this thing for the first time. You don't know what it is or what you're supposed to do. No one has really properly taught you. And even if they have, you still don't know what the fuck you're doing. And then, and and I just like brought myself back to that time in like high school and college when it was like, oh my God, what if I do something wrong? Ugh. 
Right, and he's much older, and he has experience, and you know, much, much, like, much older, <laughs> very, very, very much older. Um, and and then yeah, and then and then you know they built up for you know a short season and then a half a season to them saying I love you to each other, and then in the scene when Ugh. she goes I love you, and he goes I love you too. And oh my god, like, and like the finger guns. <laughs> Fuck, even yeah. when he first, even when she first sees him and like runs to him and hugs him, the way that he like hugs her back yeah. is the worst. He's an evil genius. We yeah. love you, Angelus. Right? We're so happy you're here to cause pain oh. and despair. And your like logical brain wants to be like, how do you not know Buffy? But like then when you add to it, like thinking about how she's feeling and how vulnerable she's feeling, it's like I guess that's why she like couldn't see that this is obviously not the same person. Ugh. And then I'll call you. I don't want to leave this scene without that last Ugh. line. They were like, I know Ugh. what'll really put the nail in this coffin. I'll call you. I'll call you. <laughs> now we have uh, Jenny Callender and good old Uncle Enyos chatting up. What is vengeance? To everyone else, it's something that is like a trade, you know, uh, tit for tat. Mm-hmm. But to us, it's like a living. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. 
thing that passes through generations and we serve it forever. Yeah. Which is like pretty intense. Yeah, I like this Uncle uh, Enyo speech. And we get like sort of the full skinny on like what this scene is for us. Uh, you know, them explaining the mechanics of the curse and like what the loophole is. Mm-hmm. And then later it gets explained for the crew, right. the Scoobies right. separately. Yeah. And I I kept forgetting that like because if if I remember anything from this series, because I, you know, I having only seen it once and having the memory of like a goldfish don't really hold on to much. But this was like so rooted in me that I couldn't even I didn't even remember that this was the first time you learned it. You know, to me, I was like, this is the thing, like the thing that everyone knows about this show, right. is this piece. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe they, I mean, we wouldn't have known before because they never explained it. I don't think they explained it to Angel as they were like cursing him. <laughs> we curse right. you forever. But P.S. Orgasm class. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, um, my friend Danielle, Danielle Nussbaum, who listens to your show. Hello, Danielle. Um, Hi, Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Um, she is a huge Buffy fan and she has been trying to figure out like what Buffy tattoo she wants to get for a very long time. Cause these are the things you should take very seriously. If you get a fandom tattoo, something you would like really care about or any tattoo, you should, you really want to make sure that it is the right thing. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, she's toying with like, this is going to mean nothing to some of your listeners, but like a five, five, five tattoo or something like that. But like, I think I would go with, it is not justice we serve. It is vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That would like be across my the shoulders. Yes. Yes. That would be my Buffy tattoo. It's oh. like gothic. It is not justice we serve. It is vengeance. Hell and someone yeah. Will be like, someone will be like, why do you have a Sons of Anarchy tattoo? Or like, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, actually, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's the other Uncle Enya's, obviously. So, oh, yeah. God. Um, wow. Something that struck me, and this is the next scene, so um, excuse me if I'm cutting anyone off, but mm-hmm. the like the scene between Willow and Xander that happens after the Uncle Enya scene, um, where like Willow's heartbroken, right? And she comes back to the school and is like, you know what, this is more important than my heartbreak. And it, mm. it like mirrors Buffy too. Like I just feel like, again, putting myself back in that place of like first heartbreak, there's no way I would have fought the big bad. Like I wouldn't, I would have been like, everybody go fuck yourselves. I'm going to bed. Like I can't, like I, I just, I just think it's incredible that both of them like pull out of these moments. Obviously Buffy's is, well, I mean, who am I to judge whose moment is more intense, but mm. But they both pull out of this moment to fight, um, even though they've just been, like, knocked. I mean, I, I don't know. I just Crushed. feel like, yeah, like that losing your first love, seeing your first love, do, it's just, you, you don't stand up from that. And they do. The thing is, like, I get that, like, Willow is hurt, but I just feel like her take on Cordelia is a little extreme. Like, what do you mean? Like the hating Cordelia Club? The whole spiel? Well, like, I get like, I get like hating Cordelia Club. Very funny. Love it. You were the treasurer. What? Who would I was taking Xander up? Xander, the responsibility of being treasurer? No. Well, <laughs> it would be what's his name who dies in the first episode, obviously. Jesse. <laughs> sweet, Jesse. sweet Jesse. <laughs> it would be but like, like Willow president, Jesse, all the other offices, Xander, <laughs> nothing for you. Xander gets Nothing for Gretchen Wiener's by Xander. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how Willow says, um... You have gross emotional problems, which incidentally is the name of my forthcoming album. <laughs> Look for my album, Gross Emotional Problems, <laughs> coming soon. I guess, though, if we remember, like, 
the first episode of season one and like how awful Cordelia is to Willow in that episode. Yes. And like, we all like Cordelia so much. We do. But like, that's because the show has allowed us to see this growth. But like, presumably she had been bullying Willow in that fashion for a long time before that. So, you know, that's, that's something I like, you know, the softer sides of Sears is what I think about when when she says stuff like that. Yes, you know? totally. And and I think she's just so heightened. Like it's it was like it's such a gut punch that I feel like you sit your what you're saying you is say like, the worst thing. You yeah, you like yeah. dig down deep for like the absolute worst thing you could possibly say. Which I mean, which with Willow is still not that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, even yeah. for. But over the course of this conversation, um, Xander starts to have an idea. The first idea he's ever had. Yeah. What a day. It's a good day for what Xander. What a day for Xander. And that idea turns into a plan. But then uh, the, the lights, lights go, go out, out. <laughs> in Sunnydale. <laughs> <laughs> ugh, this ugh. is like, I know, there's like, I, there's just so many fucking things in this episode that made me so sad. And this is another one, like how they... How they've grown to trust Angel so much that, like, Willow in the dark is like, oh, it's just Angel. Like, nothing bad could possibly happen because Angel is here and it's fine. Um, it just, it just I mean, broke. sure. He sounds like he has rocks in his mouth. I don't know why, but <laughs> right? it's fine. This is fine. This is He's, all fine. Yeah. He smells like a walking <laughs> chimney, but <laughs> this, this is all fine, guys. This is fine. <laughs> so, yeah. And then Xander, there's this, like, moment with Xander where it looks like he has, you know, some sense, some, like, spidey sense. Yeah. That something's going on because he, like, walks away and he stops without That's what I'm saying. He gets to be right. And I don't like it at all. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, if I could take away anything from this episode, well, first it would be Angel losing his soul. I mean, yeah. I, would, I would take that away. But then second, second thing would be uh, Xander being right. I would take that away as well. <laughs> but yeah, so right, Jenny Callender comes out with the with the crucifix that she has prepared for this moment. Of course. She was lurking in the corner with it for hours, yes, I'm sure. Looking, waiting. Looking suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, and kind of, like, helps ricochet. I mean, she helps the situation in terms of, like, having the crucifix because it's how Xander gets Willow. But really, the moment is, like, when Buffy is, like, I'm fucking right here and I'm going to fight yeah. you. Well, that, too. But also, Xander does have, I mean, I will give grudgingly give him credit. And again later when his plan is good. But, like, you know, he, he grabs Jenny's crucifix and sneaks up behind Xander to go rescue Willow. So we have to give him some yeah. grudging credit for that heroic moment. Yeah, yeah, and a good move. It's like a, it, he really does like ricochet Willow off of <laughs> of Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a three a three point move for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, and oh wow. I mean, whatever. There's a lot that happens in this scene, but my personal favorite is the way that Angel exits the scene, where he like <laughs> the doors like are closing, and he like backs away looking forward, and then moves to the side <laughs> looking forward, like he. <laughs> It's really, really special. It's really like a special. monster in like a haunted house ride or something. <laughs> yeah, like he's, on, like he's on a track. Yeah, right. exactly. Like, <laughs> I didn't notice that I have to now rewatch yeah, that. Yeah, oh, like, definitely, definitely worth going back for. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's a good, it's a really good exit. <laughs> and so then, and then we go back to the library, right? Because yeah, this yeah is... because Jenny Callender's all like, Rupert, don't talk <laughs> like that in front of the kids. Not in front of the kids, Rupert. What? Yeah. But Those that... kids have seen so much more intense shit than Jenny Callender I know. Has. She's confused. Her, her... She's all over the place. Jo- Joanna explained it. She's confused. Her, her... whole plot line has just yeah. changed right before her eyes. <laughs> she doesn't know what's I? She's like, like that's yeah. not where I dangle it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, 
that we have to like a shout out to like the the sad sad shot of Buffy just like fingering her clotter ring like yeah desolate oh. in in the depths of despair so sad and then Willow who's sharp as attack is always like doesn't get to the bottom of the case but she's like how did you know there was something wrong with Angel yeah. just because he sounded like he had rocks in his mouth mm. um, you know and Jenny Jenny's like I see in the dark guys it's fine this yeah is fine. <laughs> right right yeah and then Willow has her second like moment of reckoning when- after Giles is like oh there must have been an inciting incident and Buffy's like gotta go yeah and then it's that meme with the like lady thinking with math symbols and it ends with Willow <laughs> and the math equation of one minus one soul yeah. child shut up I love that line it's Ugh. so like, good she delivers so it so well too yeah oh, right just perfectly and I and I love this like piece of Willow where because you know the last time we saw Willow talking about sex she just said like wow a bunch of times and yeah. was like super giddy about it but I like this moment because it's like yeah she of course she's like excited and like oh my god this is a thing that like we haven't done and you're doing it for the first time but then like has the depth of knowledge and understanding to be like wow something hor- like this is horrible like this is something that no Giles you can't understand and you know and and Willow can oh, yeah and Jenny concept. Jenny seems to get it too I feel like both Jenny and Willow are like cool yeah. Giles like mm. Come on, buddy. Mm-hmm. I like the whole the whole exchange of like Xander drafting Cordelia. I don't like him telling her to wear something trashy er. Like right. what the hell, Xander? Shut the fuck up. Also, uh, she's wearing I mean, like she's a, wearing like a sweater set. She's like like a schoolgirl outfit. Like and not even like a like that short of a skirt. It, right. Yeah. Uh and then Willow saying, I'll call Oz. He has a van. This is fine. I can play this game. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> my my boyfriend's van is bigger than your girlfriend's. No. What? Dad's car. Yes, there it is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, okay. Then, sorry, we've already talked about to kill this girl. You have to love her, but Mm -hmm. I I think it bears. Yeah, yeah. Repeating and uh, this psychological damage, right? As opposed to physical force. Yeah, and then it's just followed by this like sobbing scene where she's like curled up in her bed, and I just the way that it's edited and like that they give it the time for like the closer pan and then the farther away pan. I just felt like that was really um, important because it's like this this like deep bodily grieving that she's going through, and they don't make it. They don't make it less than that, you know? Yeah. Like they gave it they gave it the room that it needed. Then she cries herself to sleep. She takes off the clattering. Ugh. Cries herself to sleep. I just want to point like I just want to glom onto your conversation you had last week and say I also had a clattering in high school yes! probably because of this show, I would guess. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then when she falls asleep, she dreams of sexy times. And I think we get more of the sexy time scenes in this episode. I mean, it's still very artfully shot, but Mm. like more than we did in the actual losing the virginity scene in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, Way more. And and also way more clottering. That was the thing that (laughs) I was clottering. We were like full clottering. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Clottering on clottering action. I said when when we were when we were watching it, I was like, oh, there's so much clattering. And then he was like, well, Kristen, there's two of them. Like, as that, <laughs> it could it? be either at, in any given shot. Yeah. So, so divide those clatter shots by two, please. <laughs> yeah. Morianis just has like really delicate hands. You don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> right. <Fine. laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, sexy time, and yeah, I mean, we we got nothing in um, surprise, really. It was like the lights went out, and that was it. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so oh, this, so is- this is this is the scene, yeah. And I remember them doing the like 
because uh, Joss directed this episode, and I remember like the. Sw- I've always thought about how like the swinging light that they use in this, right? Because they just mm-hmm. like yes, um, is really effective and very dreamlike. Yeah, yeah. And it, rem- just get it a lot reminded- of like fluster, like fluster producing noises. <laughs> Right, (laughs) and your teen self is like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, just I want to make sure that everyone listening to this gets to experience what I experienced both times watching this sex scene with Jenny. Like, in case you're like, "Oh wow, it's a sexy scene," you two are married. Maybe you like at least are normal people next to each other. Jenny looks like a turtle with her like head pulled back like forty feet, and her mouth like in one line where she's like. Like, are you, I mean, you should talk about what you're feeling, but it looks like you're horrified, especially when there's a moan. When there's a moan, forget it. Her head, you think her head's back as far as it can go, and then it, there like, shoots are back. just, like, a lot, it's, like, very ASMR, like, such close, tiny mouth noises. Like, I just feel like, ah. Uh, I feel like something's being inflicted. All sex scenes or this specific sex scene? No, no, no. This Pro- specific provokes a turtle effect on you. That <laughs> this specific sex scene. No, thank. I mean, great, great job, everyone. But also, like, ah, ah, ah. yeah, yeah, it turns you into a turtle. Um, the, cool. the swinging light. I'm glad you said that because I didn't like. I don't. I didn't know what to call that. But that um, effect reminds me too of the. Do you remember the sex scene in But I'm a Cheerleader of all things? But like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah. It's yeah. very similar. It's like light kind of like moving around and you don't really see anything, but you feel like you're seeing things, right? Yeah. you know? You um, see, yeah, that's, I mean, this, this scene really does not show you that much, but, but, um, you know, as, as you guys were saying, like the, the audio does a lot of showing for you. And then, yeah. and then, yeah, it's like, it's mostly crumpled sheets and clutter rings and yeah. swinging lights <laughs> and gentle moans. And you're can like, I, oh God. Crumpled I know, sheets and clutter rings. I know you've already called your next album title, but can the one after that yes. be called crumpled sheets and clutter rings? Of course. <laughs> uh, so, so then the sexy dream turns uh, to like this classic horror lighting where it's like mm. so bright and so you know, and angels in the daylight, which of course is not possible. And he tells Buffy, you know, she has to look. What does he say specifically? You have to know you, where to look. You have to, you have know. to know what to see. Oh, yeah. oh there it you is. Have to know oh, what to thank see. God. See three brains. Whew. Take three. You we had, did it. <laughs> I had nothing. You had part of it. Joanna had everything. <laughs> <laughs> really, it just took one brain. Um, and then she fucking wakes up. This is I can't like yo. I, she wakes up. I'm sorry. Yes. I have to Please. just butt in. Mm-hmm. She wakes up not on her no. doily pillow. She wakes up on a leopard pillow. Do you think that the recurring animal prints in this episode have <gasps> anything to do with the fact that she has had sex? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Do you think Joyce came in and like tucked a leopard print pillow under her like... <laughs> oh my God. Joyce came home from the gallery and she's like, it's clear that my daughter's been crying and is fully clothed on top of her bed sheets. Let me tuck this cheetah print yes. pillow under her head. Yes. She was like, hmm, Buffy seems like she's gone through a rite of passage. Perhaps she's boned her vampire boyfriend. What? I know. I know what she needs. The traditional gift for that occasion. Yeah. yeah. It's of our people. It's fine. <laughs> so then she... takes her head off of that animal print pillow and like first of all something I didn't notice when we watched it the first time is that she puts the fucking crucifix on like Mm. the angel crucifix that she like made her upset she like has it around her neck she storms into the school wearing the cutest flimsiest top of all time she's like tearing (laughs) through the halls in a barely there cami 
and it's like so cute and yeah. Oh, and that like the class is ha- class is happening. A class is ha- she doesn't care. She just walk. I feel like even though I know her hand wasn't extended in front of her in like a grip motion the whole time, like I picture it like that, you know, just yes. straight for the jugular on Jenny Calendar, throws her on the desk to a cheer. In case you're wondering what was happening in our living room at that moment, yes. Jenny and I both we both cheered. <laughs> For her knocking Jenny Calendar down. Not that, you know, not that I want Jenny Cal- – well, I kind of want Jenny Calendar to get knocked down, but whatever. I mean, just – just I mean, she. I understand. It's situational. Right. It's situational. Um, A little retribution. Yeah. She's owed that. Yeah. Um, and to Jenny, to Jenny Calendar's credit, you know, like she immediately owns up to it. She doesn't try any of her like sneaky hallway lurking shit yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. She's like, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> You're the slayer. You will literally snap my bones into tiny I, pieces. I didn't know. Um, the <laughs> like this this moment for Giles too. Okay, oh. so like my my ranking of like if you hurt them, I'm hurt goes Willow one, Giles two. Mm. So like oh. Giles being like Willow being like Buffy, stop beating up my girlfriend. She's oh. a, <laughs> she's a cyber pagan. She's the best. Come on. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then he's and then like Jenny admits it, and he's like crumpled. She's oh my god. His heart. You know what I mean? Like well, it's, it's like just so sad. This is like a classic thing that happens. I mean, this is like a total. She's all that. Uh, where like somebody you find something out about somebody you're dating. That indicates that it's possible that your relationship was never even real right. to begin with. Right. The whole thing could have been a lie. It could have been a was dare. Was it ever real? Was it was ever it... true? Exactly. <laughs> right. And yeah. poor Giles. And then to Giles' credit, like, he gets this. Like, it's like everybody's heart is broken mm-hmm. in this episode at, at different levels. But Giles, too, like, he does not miss a beat. He's like, this hurts me. And yet I know what I need to do. Like, I need to stand by Buffy. I need to protect Buffy. I need to let Buffy know I respect her. Like, he... Ugh, even though he's hurting. And then Buffy has this thing, and this is like a recurring thing that the show explores of like uh, like guilt and shame over being being a girl or being in love and all this other stuff like that. And so, yeah. so Buffy says, so it was me, I did it. And like, you know, for her to take all that on herself mm. when obviously, no, it wasn't you. You didn't do it. Like, come on, poor Buff. But like, right. that's her interpretation of the facts. So. Right, mm-hmm, of like yeah. self, like self blaming, and you know, yeah, and right. also like that attachment. I mean, I just think that's like the, the line, right, of like pleasure to, like I can't if I if I'm going to experience pleasure, it must also result in like something not yeah. good, um, which is something that I think like so many people walk with, you know, like there's just so much there's so much conflict and and like shame and weirdness placed around sex, especially as a woman, mm-hmm. that I you know that again yeah. jo- there goes Joss down his rabbit hole. Yeah. And also Buffy has to sort of like in learning what exactly is going on and what has happened to make Angel and jealous. Mm-hmm. She has to indicate essentially to her watcher dad. Yeah. Then she had sex. Right. Right. Which adds like a whole nother level of which whoever sh- wants nobody to. Nobody wants no. to. Oh, but if I mean, he couldn't possibly. I know I'm skipping ahead, but like he he couldn't possibly deal with it better. Oh God, at the end. But like, yeah, <laughs> Giles, is, Giles is basically. I don't think he actually cleans his glasses in this scene, but he's like inside. He's furiously yes. cleaning his glasses. Yes, because he doesn't want to know this. Yeah, he's he's gone too far and he cannot yeah. turn back. Oh my God. Yeah. So then, uh, Uncle Enyos, R.I.P. 
Well, so this is this is a really fun cut, actually, right? Because Jenny's like, I can take you to someone who knows something or something like that, right? Yeah. She says some lead in line, and then it cuts to Uncle Enyos, where he starts talking. You hear someone come to the room. He starts talking, and you think he's talking to Buffy, and then it's Angel. How did Angel find out about Uncle Enyos? We don't know. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Drusilla had a vision. We don't know. But right. he, he looked did, up so. like the Calderash directory in Sunnydale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's only one other Calderash here. <laughs> Staying he, at the hotel. He, and he didn't actually, know about Jenny. So, like, you know, there's no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And you also brought up, and we, we're assuming a guess that he's staying at a hotel, but the other. It looks hotel-y. It does. And otherwise, how could how could he have gotten in? And Jealous just enter without oh, an invitation. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Yeah, it does look like motel art like on the wall and stuff like yeah, that. So Yeah, it did. Okay, before, wait, but so before Angel does his art on the wall. So. Oh god. Ugh. But quick interjection, does that mean like what's the deal with Airbnbs? Are can vampires <laughs> enter an Airbnb? I'm wondering for my future lodging. Right. Because it's like safety. I think it's, they can't unless they sign, like, you have to, aren't you, like, basically signing a contract when you sort of enter into an agreement with an mm, Airbnb? Yes. Um, so, so I feel like if he if he goes on the website and registers mm, mm. at, at Jealous29, <laughs> like, I don't know why I picked 29, it's not a significant number, and then, like, signs the contract, I feel like then he can go in. Interesting. Yeah, wow, there's is, a lot here. A right, lot it here. is both someone's home and a place of lodging for others. Interesting. Mm. So, so right. So the wall art, oh, you brought it up. what a Oof. bummer. Because at first, I, when I first was watching this, I was like, why is he even, I didn't even think about the fact that how would he know who this is, but I was like, why is he even bothering killing Uncle, like Uncle Enios? Like what, you know what I mean? Like it just, it seemed like he had bigger fish to fry than, than this. Um, and then I, and then I realized, oh, right. He's using this as one more tool to manipulate Buffy. Like he knows, he knew Buffy was going to be there and he knew he could like leave her a message. And But it was, it was also um, like when, at the end of the conversation between Jenny and Uncle Enios, wasn't he like, was he saying like, maybe there's something I can do? But yeah, I, I feel like if there's a possibility of Uncle Enios, like having any deeper Calder, Calderash knowledge that he could impart that could help anyone like, you know, mm-hmm. recurse Angel because that's what Buffy wants. That's, yeah. Um, then he cuts that resource off, you yeah, know, at the knees. True. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's a good point. But yeah, so now we get Cordy in her beautiful gear. Her trashier outfit. Her trashier outfit, which like I am super into, just like Kate. Kate was super into this outfit. Agree with you, Kate. I had pants made out of that silver material yes. in high school. Just absolutely i think a lot of people had various clothing items made out of that so that, that was a good yeah. good couple of years for the for the industry who yeah. made silver fabric <laughs> yeah i feel like um like at least two of the spice girls wore something similar oh yeah yeah Al- alex mack i'm pretty sure was wearing something like that 100 so, you know <laughs> but yeah and, and she has this wonderful <laughs> cordelia has a wonderful moment where she's like i'm not a soldier am i like <laughs> Like Xander really like really hit the nail on the head with like who he needed to bring for this particular moment. Yeah, yeah. Like Cordelia without it. knowing anything is perfect in this scene. Yeah. And we find out that Xander still remembers all of the military knowledge he gained yeah. when he was turned into his that's Halloween kind of fun. costume. Like yeah. that's, that's a cause of convenience I kind of like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, they very definitely were just like, hey, what if we retcon it that Xander remembers all of his Halloween stuff? And my question is like, 
what is Willow? Remember? Yeah. <laughs> what, what is, like, could Buffy like rattle off like uh, courtly <laughs> etiquette or something like that if she needed to? <laughs> you know, these are my questions. Well, yeah. maybe wearing that outfit um, helped Willow prepare to ask Oz if he wanted to make out with her. Oz's delivery of the one word when he just says what, what? <laughs> after Willow asks if he wants to make out with her is my one of my favorite Oz moments. It's so it's also one of my favorite Seth Green moments. It's just such great acting. Uh, and this whole scene, I mean, this is, Joanna, perhaps you want to talk about this because I know you were like, listen, sexual tension, fine, but everybody out of my way when we get to Willow and Oz. So <laughs> you guys, okay. Like, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, you, we haven't met face to face, even though I feel like I know you, but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm quite tall. And I had like a rule. Uh, I still have a rule all through my life. Is that like, uh, you know, sorry, shorter gentleman of the world, but the, the guy has to be taller than I am mm-hmm. in order for me to be interested in. That's my shallow superficial thing that I need. Yeah. And, um, my exception is Seth Green because <laughs> he is like a tiny little man, but like, I <laughs> love Oz so much. And like, this is, this scene is one of the main reasons I could like say word for word. I wasn't saying it word for word, but I could like, he's like <laughs> the willow kissage, like, you know, oh, even the cutesy, yeah. like Whedonese willow kissage. I'm like, yep, that's, that's vital to my teenage experience. Yeah. Um, or when he says that's on the empty side, like all oh. of this, you know, and then Allison Hannigan's face as the camera just like stays on her face and she just stares at him and is like oh this is what it's like when someone loves you or likes you it's not like you're not pining after someone who treats you like uh, you know just a pal or or garbage sometimes you know like Mm -hmm. this is what it's like and it's just like oh I love doesn't get better than Willow and Oz in my opinion oh my god and the way they the way he caps it off with in my fantasy when I'm kissing you you're kissing Kissing me me. And he's like, that's okay. I'll wait. And you're just yeah. like, oh my God. Okay. No, so, oh, yeah. perfect. Uh, setting it's impossible boys, for, <laughs> impossible bars for future boyfriends. Yeah, seriously. For all time. Yeah. My my note in this is just the Oz and then the equal sign and then perfect. So. Oh, it's <laughs> a lot note. of good math in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of great math. <laughs> so then Buffy, right, we have this like, scene before the commercial break um, where she's like, I'm going to kill him. Like, ah. I, I know what I need to do and I need to kill him. And when we when we come back, we, we get, I think was up for sexual attention award number two, the trio of the judge, Drusilla and Angel. Uh, <laughs> I just love the three of them. I love this moment where Angel calls the judge Spiffy and the yeah. judge is like, Spiffy? Like, <laughs> doesn't understand it's yeah. just cute it's you guys cute. maybe controversial opinion but they kill the judge too, too soon right yes. like we should have gotten two more episodes of the judge being like uh basically like data from star trek or something like that being like <laughs> what, what, what are your human ways i find them so confusing right? <laughs> just like awkwardly kneeling in the corner and being like uh leave me alone like <laughs> i'm preparing yeah I'm preparing. i have i have a bone to pick with uh the okay so the, so the judge earlier says he smells humanity on Drusilla and Spike because they love each other. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when he touches Angel, he's like, this one cannot be burned. He is pure. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, Angel's evil. <laughs> but, like, but isn't the whole premise like that Angel's still unjealous, loves Buffy. Like he's obsessed with Buffy. He loves her. Like, I think they, he still loves her. There's that like creepy obsession angle to it, you know, but there's, right. I mean, but maybe it's that, like, through, like, 
like what happens to that love when you take away the humanity kind mm. of a deal? You know, like oh, alchemizes yeah. into something different. And it, and it, yeah, like it's still there, but it right, it like it it appears that if it like happens in different ways. Whereas like Spike and Drew, like they love they'll like cuddle with each other. And there's a scene. There's actually a moment in this episode that I found really interesting where Spike puts his hand on Drusilla's like stomach in a way that like it, it looked like it a, was a like mo- she was pregnant. Yes, yes, it, it did. Yeah. It was like, but the, you know, they. I feel like I feel like they just have this like very compassionate thing that. I don't know that I guess ain't I don't know. I don't know. We have to ask the judge. <laughs> Does anybody have the judge? Yeah. Can you guys please get Brian Thompson to be a guest on your show? Yes. Thank you. Yes. We want that. We want that. I actually was pulling up all of Brian Thompson's IMDB data very recently, uh, so that we can have him on. I mean, had, exactly we can have purpose. him on at any point. I feel like he's he's yeah. been two characters already. Like uh, so then there's this Giles moment where so good. Right? They're like opening up the weapon and Jenny is Jenny is Jenny Calendar is really good at like popping, popping up in like the the little space of the frame that isn't full of anything. She's <laughs> yeah. like, "Hey guys, how do you need help Not now?" now, Jenny. Yeah. Uh and Buffy says, "Get out." And then, "Oh, Giles, she said, get out." Number 1 dad alert. Number 1. He stands World's greatest dad stands right by her. Stands right by her. Ugh. And then we go to the mall. <laughs> Yay, the mall. The mo- second time we're in the Sunnydale Mall, right? This is time Wait, so is, is that the same set they use in, in Bad Eggs? I don't think so. Because to me, it looks like something else that's been dressed up to look mall-ish. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Agreed. Exactly. Like, in, the, in Bad Eggs, it was, like, definitely a mall. A mall. Yeah. 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 And this, and they're like, let's put a cash register on a table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because even the <laughs> people will have shopping bags, but there will be no stores visible. Yeah. Exactly. There's no stores. They're just lining up. I mean, we get we get like a bit of a movie theater sort of hallway later, but like, yeah, I know where people would like. I would know where I would go. For, like, I love I love all of that setup because it's like the bronze. Obviously, nope, bronze is closed. Okay, where where's the other place? Right. Oh, the mall. You know that place we've been once before, and I think never go again. Um, right. <laughs> and like, I, I feel like there's also a general lack of concern amongst the shoppers. Like, I know that the judge doesn't actually start frying people right away, but he He's, actually does fry he fries one guy right, right off. Yeah, right off the bat. But like, him. even even before you don't even you don't the guy is blue. He's the size of like a tank, and he's just what like I just feel like that alone should have caused like a murmur from the crowd, and yet everyone's like, dude, yeah, like is this tied into Quest for Camelot? Yeah, the movie that's currently screening. I was watching this episode. I'm like, soon I will get to see the poster for Quest for Camelot. It's like part of my (laughs) ritual of watching this episode is like the time capsule that is like the only way people remember that movie exists is because the poster is God, I'm going to tell you what, if Jenny and I ever just want to take a a week off and we need two co-hosts, could you imagine... Kate and Joanna talking about an episode together because like you're like I feel like the things that you noticed too because that was the first thing that Kate texted us about this episode she was like oh my god this is the one with the quest for Camelot posters (laughs) I was like bracing myself for it I was like and I was like are there other posters I was like I know the quest for Camelot posters there are there other posters and I was like no it's quest for Camelot no matter what the angle and then I think there's also like a a cardboard quest for Camelot standee so I feel like quest quest for Camelot like sponsored this episode feels like Yeah. Wow. I would yeah. love to be able to do that. Or maybe that it was it up. was uh produced by the 
is it the Kazooies? Oh, that, yes. That own oh, Buffy, basically. Oh, interesting. They were like, we know how to work this shot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then, right. So, okay. So, first of all, no, nobody at the mall responds. Second of all, the. <laughs> No one in the Scooby gang seems concerned at all that they that there are just a million people in the a mall. A million civilians. When they are shooting off. Does anyone know the name of this I weapon? think it's a bazooka. A bazooka? It's a bazooka. No one's right. forged. Just I, like, I, feel like, I feel like we just needed to say no. We hadn't said it yet this episode, I think. No weapon forged. That's an important thing to say. <laughs> it takes an army. No weapon forged. Okay. Yeah, that's actually my tattoo. That's my body tattoo. It's just no context. It's just going to be no, no weapon forged. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like what about the what about the civilians here, guys? I mean, yeah, it no, seems- like I feel like one of like Cordelia could have been on crowd control of like get out of here, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something, <laughs> right? Anything, just anything. And then this, like, I love the slow mo of Drew and Angel, like over, like leaping oh, yeah, yeah, over yeah. the you guys. The- railing landing on the floor and then drusilla like throwing her drusilla tantrum that her plan hasn't spectacular gone. yeah there's there's so many comedy moments in this episode in any given buffy episode but i i never laugh hardest than at like the hardest that i laugh is the moment where drew and angel realize what that weapon is that they're they're fucked they don't even try with the judge they're like screw this guy they look at each other just screw this guy and jump and it's so funny to me they're like we got this big plan we're gonna burn the human oh no like screw our guy that we spent so long trying to assemble just like bail 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 it's uh it's It's a great moment limbs and torsos and heads pulled from every corner of the earth Right, all, all that hard work. Screw that care. guy. Uh, yeah, um, screw that guy. Yeah, and and we should note, I guess, that this was the like the the pan up on Buffy is the classic oh. the mm. opening credits shot, right? Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so no. good. And then my my next note is getting wet part two. I, I thought. Oh my that, god. Like, I, because I was listening to your surprise episode and, and I was like, I hadn't thought about all the getting wet and surprise. And then when the sprinklers went on, I was like, oh, and we're back. <laughs> we're back. Which is like hilarious, but also, you know, totally a device to be like, hey, remember, because that's that's exactly what's happening here. It's like right there. They're getting, well, I mean, they're not going to have sex, but they're like, this moment between them that has passed between them is a part of the fight scene that is about to happen. Mm, you know, like mm-hmm. the sexual tension is certainly there in the fight and then the reason that Buffy can't yet kill him is because of like what has passed what between had, them yeah. and like yeah mm-hmm. exactly oh my god and he says like you made me the man I am today Ugh. it's like really so driving dark. it home so dark <laughs> And then, you know, probably a lot of people who are listening right now are like, um, guys, we were working to the end of the episode and nobody has brought up a key point in all of your podcast episodes. But don't worry, because Buffy can't kill Angel, but she can kick him really hard in the balls. What do you think that represents, Well, I think that represents smashing the patriarchy. (laughs) Yes. Nailed it. Uh, And I I just My note here, my note here says kicks him in the dick. Yes. <laughs> Actually, yeah, mine is dick period kick period is my actual my actual words. Also, like, uh, please don't write to us, but I'm just wondering oh aloud God. with no expectation of anyone, please, please do not write to us. You, you're really about asking this. for it, Jenny. I know. But like, what is it that um makes it so painful and so sensitive for uh what, what makes it so painful to be kicked in the balls? 
Yes. What is, makes it so painful to be kicked in the balls? I, I think that it's. I think it's just a million billion nerve endings. That's what I think. That's my scientific hypothesis. Are all of your nerve endings intact when you're undead? I just like. Well, I'm having a hard time listen, buying. And your deep, blood very flow. powerful, yeah. very powerful, strong, that's... evil, fueled by his like psychotic rage. Right. And but he's felled by a kick to the. Right. Junk. I'm with you. Even if even if he had the same feeling in his balls as other people have in their balls, I just feel like the whole p- purpose of him as a vamp is that he's like the strongest vamp in the world. Like, I feel like he probably shouldn't have gone down as hard. But that moment is for Buffy and that moment is like yes. for us. We need and I, I'll take something. It. Yes. Yes. We'll take it. After we'll, everything he's done all episode. We'll take it. And also like it's followed. I love this fucking line too where she like kicks him in the dick. And then she's like, give me time. Yes, give me time. Maybe that'll be my tattoo. Give oh, me time. You're going you're to get a full <laughs> sleeve. So, yes. And it's plus your back be, rocker. It's just going to be a, my entire arm, a lot of phrases. The giraffe pants will be incorporated. <laughs> great. This is great. Wait, I'm, you should I'm just clawing. get. Yeah. You should just get giraffe uh, print. Tattooed on the whole entire lower half of your body, of your legs, oh. just your yeah. legs in giraffe print. Are you nice. saying permanent giraffe pants? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying, Joanna. <laughs> oh my! I God. never knew it could be possible. I want to say really quickly that we did skip over the judge going. Does he? What does he say? Like, what's that? Or what's yeah, that, that do? What's that do? Yeah, yes. that's a good line. <laughs> the judge. You're right. The judge should have stayed around, man. The yeah, judge is a I great character. <laughs> And then, um, and also Cordelia has that, that great line where she's like, where they're like, go pick up the pieces of the judge. She's like, pieces, we get the pieces. Our job sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then we got that great moment where Oz just points at a bit and goes, arm. Like, <laughs> yeah, why is Oz not doing any of the lifting is a question. I, I feel like Oz I drove us here, so. <laughs> yeah, and like he's integrating, you know, he just learned about mm. vampires like the last episode oh, that right. we saw. So right, 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 he right. needs a minute. Yeah. <laughs> he's adjusting. So, right, so Buffy says, give me time. And then, and then we get your, and then we cut after this scene, after this very self-aware scene for Buffy, I think. Mm-hmm. I, like, I just, that's what I loved about it, which I didn't say, was just that, like, not only is she saying, like, I will be able to do this, but she's very aware of the fact, like, she needs to build up her strength and, like, kind of is okay with the fact that she isn't there yet, you know, which I, which I love. Um, and then we get to your favorite car. Your, I, I wrote down old Jalopy. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I wrote old Jalopy, but that's what I called Giles' Jalopy. car. Jalopy, Jalopy, yeah. Yeah, but I, I wrote it Jalopy. It's a, it's a citron, or that's not how you say it, but citron. Oh. Yeah, it's a trone, right? Yeah, I think so. Somebody, somebody, somebody wrote us a very detailed email, including the Citrion. phonetic pronunciation. Citrone? Citri- 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 yeah, I, I don't uh. Oh my gosh. Sorry, person who wrote us that No, it was email. great. It was a great email. We read it on we the We just mailbag, can't remember anything. But, but yeah, so Giles is in his, is, you know, they have this like perfect dad oh, it's so sweet. exchange that oh, God. is really important too. Like I feel like it is really... I don't know. It's just like this critical moment of her being like, I did this, like just really feeling guilt and Giles being like, no, like, you know, you didn't like I can I can give you what you want. But I I like, you know, I know what you're after is guilt, but I can't give you that because I don't feel that about you. And and like and him saying like an angel loved you, too, you know? Oh, yeah. Which seems so important. Like validating. To, to say to her, right, that like, you know, when you go through a heartbreak and you look back and you're like, I was such a fool. It's like, well, no, like there were real 
what happened was real. Like what happened before was real. And and even though it's not there anymore, doesn't take away from the fact that it was there once. So Giles yeah. just nails it. And she gets moments with both of her parents because then she yeah. leaves Giles and she goes into the couch with with Joyce. Yeah, but Joyce doesn't know and it's so unfair. Like, you know, Giles gets to know this about Buffy, but Joyce doesn't. And I think right. it like... um without spoiling anything, I think like bearing that in mind later mm-hmm. um, in, in the series is good of like all the things that Joyce has, has mi- is missing in her daughter's life that her daughter is keeping secret from her, which is true of any teenager, but like, you know, extremely right. so for Buffy, you know, I like how sometimes when Buffy talks to her mom in code, right. She sometimes will say things like yeah. the, like the metaphor, the, you know, the other side of the metaphor, you know, and, and Joyce can be an understanding good mom then, but mm-hmm. she gives her mom nothing and just says creepy things like, I'll just let my birthday kid. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> like, the most hot topic goth thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and what'd you do for your birthday? I got older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I do love that they're like wearing their like matching socks and PJ. Like their yes. whole little like cozy, comfy getup is so cute in their black and white movie tradition. And mm-hmm. yeah. oh, it's so sweet. It really is. And like, and I, we, you know, obviously without spoiling things, but like we have talked too before about this like coming out kind of a narrative. And I yeah. think that that is what you're talking about here too of like, yeah, okay, fine. Like most teenagers don't share everything with their parents, but there's like this wall up where she can't even really tell Joyce anything. Like mm-hmm. she can't explain why she's hurting, which, you know, for for me, a person remembering being a teenager and having my heart broken by the first girl I ever kissed, like, you know, I couldn't even like roll my eyes and be like, you know, mom, this thing happened. Leave me alone. You know, like I couldn't even do that. I couldn't, right. I couldn't say anything. So yeah, oh, this show. And we should mention that this is the um, this is the first of the Buffy birthday episodes, which will become a thing. But right, um, right. right. So, but this is this is there isn't a season one version of it. So this is where it all it all starts right here together. <laughs> wow. So I think we've done it. I think yes. I think I, we have truly done I, it. I, we really this was you are Joanna. This was such a dream. You for guys, real. it was such a dream for me. <laughs> Huge. I'm so excited. I could do this, please, anytime. Like, you if, a guest, if a guest cancels like last minute, just like call me and be like, oh, Joanna, yes. do you want to <laughs> ramble for an hour and a half about a Buffy episode? <laughs> oh. I'll be like, depends. Is it season six? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll be like, Joanna, how many podcasts have you done today? And if you say less than three, then we'll <laughs> you're on. But thank you so much. And thank you for doing this show in general. And like for all the people who are watching the show for the first time, um, be, so that they can follow along with you guys. Um, I just think it's a really cool thing you're doing. So oh. thank you for doing it. Thank oh you. my God. Thank you so much. When we first started making this podcast, Kristen was like, who do you want to get yeah. on the show? And I was like, my number one dream guest is Joanna Robinson, my favorite podcaster. Yeah. And, and now you, here we and are. And you guys asked me like a while ago, when you guys asked me, I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I do. This is like a common. Yes. This is a common pattern because then immediately I like went to Twitter, I think, and I yeah. tweeted at you or you yeah. had just, it was funny because you would like, of course, to very telling, you had just tweeted something about Buffy. <laughs> it must be a Tuesday, Joanna tweeted something about Buffy. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And I was like, Jenny, it's fine. I did, it's, it's done. Joanna Robinson <laughs> is going to be on our podcast. 
Yeah. Ta-da. And now it's now it has happened. I guess we can quit. This is our last episode. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> oh my god, don't even say that. I feel like everyone is so <laughs> Don't scarred. write in. Don't write in. So many people are like, "Will you finish?" Like we I feel like they've all you. been left at the altar so many times with people stopping in the middle of like season 3 with Buffy podcasts. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it to the end, guys. Don't you worry. We're going to go all the way. All right. Go all the way. How thematic. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, uh Joanna Robinson Gift from the heavens. Could you please tell the good people listening to our show where they can find more of you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at treasure of the I hate Cardelia club. No, I'm at, <laughs> <laughs> at Joe wrote this. Uh, you can find me, uh, my work on vanityfair.com. You can listen to a few of the podcasts that I do right now. I'm doing storm spoilers, gen pop and little gold men. Ugh, you want to read and listen to all of those things. Trust us when we tell mm-hmm. you that. <laughs> I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not making this podcast, which is an increasingly smaller portion of my (laughs) life's pie chart as the days go on, I am usually writing songs and recording songs and playing shows and being a musician, and you can learn more about me and hear some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. You can give me a shout, as many of you have been doing recently (laughs) in various literal forms, on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. Yes, and I am Kristen Russo. You can find me on Twitter at Kristen Nolene. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E, which is my middle name. My middle name is Nolene. A lot of people very close to me, people I've known for a long time, have suddenly started to say, wait, what is that word, though, that you keep spelling? Because no one knew it was my middle name. Do you feel seen now? I feel seen. It's a variation on Noel. You're all welcome. <laughs> Anyhow, you can find me over on Twitter at Kristen Nolene, and you can also learn more about the work that I do with LGBTQ young people and their families over at everyoneisgay.com or mykidisgay.com, or you can just learn more about me at kristennolene.com. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter and Facebook at BufferingCast. And you can also drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. There are so very many ways that you can help support the work that we do here at BufferingCast. You can go on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash BufferingCast and find all sorts of fun things that you can get in exchange for supporting this work here. As a matter of fact... Just a few days ago, we did a Buffy watch. We all watched the episode Surprise together in our secret little group. It was so cute. It was so wonderful. And, you know, it was really wonderful to watch with all of you that joined us. But what I loved even more, perhaps, than the fact that we watched Surprise all together was that because everyone is part of this little secret group now, a lot of you got together after we watched Surprise and created your own party and watched Innocence together after we left. Oh, it was our favorite thing. Anyhow, you can find... It was so sweet. It was so sweet. Um, You can find out all about that um, over on Patreon. You can also go to iTunes and leave us a review. We love good reviews. We love them. So please keep them coming. Thank you for that. Uh, And of course, as we mentioned in the beginning of the show, we have a listener survey happening right now. You can find it over at podsurvey.com slash Buffy. P-O-D-S-U-R vey.com slash Buffy. You go over there, take a quick anonymous survey. It helps us get to know you. It helps us get some advertisers on this show, which is really helpful as well. And you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card just by filling out that little survey. So thank you in advance for all of your help and all of your support. You guys rule. We love you. Praise. And thank you again for joining us, Joanna. 
you don't mind howling out with us, that would be Oh my god, I really want to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's staying in. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Till next time. Oh. That was good. Amazing. Yeah. It's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. 
That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.